Welcome, everybody. It's time for another uh, NHL podcast on Fantasy Alarm. Uh, my name's Andrew Dewhurst. As always, I'm joined by Chris Ray. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I am doing very well, Andrew. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. We skipped a week uh, while you're in Vegas. Uh, I figured everyone could go without my monotonous tone uh, for for a week, so they could find something else to put them put themselves to sleep with. So. Uh, we're back this week. Um, we have a six-game slate heading in tomorrow for DFS purposes. Uh, it looks like the Ottawa Senators are going to play again. They get to go to Colorado to face uh, uh, face the Avalanche. Um, I guess the first thought here is, will this be a bloodbath? I mean... I mean, when was the last time Ottawa played hockey? Like, it's been, what, over a week now? Uh, Easy? Like, yeah, at least at least that. Probably about 10 days. They haven't played in a while. And, I mean, they're also... First of all, they have to travel to Colorado. So that already... So an East Coast team going West is already one strike. Two, right, Colorado's altitude does you no favors. Uh, so that's strike number two, right? And when you haven't played in over a week and you head into altitude... Judging by the third period, your lungs are probably going to get pretty heavy. Um, so that's that's strike number three here. There's not a lot um, to like about the Ottawa Senators um, for Monday, and I don't under like I'm just not sure like if I'm going to have 99% exposure to Miko Rantanen or 98. Like I'm not sure what where that one percent might go somewhere else, but. Um, DraftKings has him at center, so I'm, you know, big shout out to them for making that correction there and having him uh, where he should be there. I don't know if he's, I don't know if draft, if FanDuel has him at center yet or not, but um, it wouldn't shock me if they didn't. Um, I guess it's kind of more of a question of whether you just play him as a single bullet and kind of, I guess, try to maybe correlate uh, with a little bit of Kale McCarr. I don't know how I feel about wanting to play uh, Gabe Landeskog and whatnot. I don't know if I want to pay a premium um, for him at that spot when there are a lot of great wingers um, a little bit down the line that I can maybe target or I can spend an extra $200 and uh, pay up for the modern-day version of Alex Ovechkin and Kyle Connor. So there's a lot I, I guess there's some things to try to pencil in there and kind of look at how you want to go with your lineup but um i will have a lot of miko Rantanen just because I mean, how do you not yeah i mean the i suppose the like the big surprise here for me is you know colorado you know they lose mckinnon you, he gets hurt you think, oh, they're going to probably not score a lot of goals. Nope. They've an averaged six goals a game over their last four games. I think they're doing all right, right? Yeah, they, they seem to have figured it out. And, you know, suddenly Nazem Kadri is like, hey, guys, turns out I do know how to do more than just take really bad penalties in the playoffs. Uh, he's got five points in his last two games. Suddenly it's like, oh, wait, maybe we need to – like consider using Cadre in this game. Like Cadre's secretly had a really good season up till this point. Like I feel like nobody converses about him. Um, 
for whatever reason, right? I mean, McKinnon gathers most of the attention, as he should, right? He's played only eight games due to injury. Um, Kadri's what, played them all, I think? And he's, like, he's done pretty, he's done pretty well. He has 15 points in the last 10 games. Nobody's having a conversation about it. And, I mean, again, kind of, like, of those points as well, he's got goals. He's also shooting the puck a little bit more. Like, he's probably, what, a three-shot-per-game kind of centerman at that point. He's got a couple of games in there with four. He had the shot bonus against Vancouver. It was a big night for him. I mean, yeah. he was, just to put this into context, on, on the 13th of November against San, uh, against San Jose, he was $4,400. Okay? Fast yeah. forward to the <clears throat> 22nd, right? for the slate um so what almost a a little over a week later right he's 6800 so shout out to the people at DraftKings for keeping that price tag way up here trying to squash any value you thought you were going to get with him now um he's one of those players at that at, at that price range like you expect results and he's been doing that like he's been straight value um just consistently at, at at that price range, consistent value. He's got a couple games there where he's struggling and whatnot. But again, for a player to be hitting value almost every night that he plays, I mean, he's, yeah, he's a gift now that keeps on giving. Yeah, I I struggle with him at this price, right? Like he's sixty eight hundred. He pretty much has to score a goal for him to get for you to hit value at sixty eight hundred. That for me is tough. So it's like, yeah, if I'm going to like, I think if you're going to do Rantanen, I think you're probably doing him, going to use him either on his own or with Makar. I think you could use Makar as a single bullet as well. Obviously more difficult there as well because you need, he's also very expensive, but I think he's about the same price as Kadri. So uh, I would I don't know. I'd probably rather pay down on a slate like this and, you know, take your shot on, you know, whether it be a uh, Trevor Zegras or whomever it might be that, uh, that you're going to get a little cheaper, uh, maybe pay up and do random Makar, then probably go to Kadri because I just, he's just not really much of a goal scorer. Uh, and the shots aren't regular enough. Even at three shots, you're like, okay, well, if you get two assists and three shots, I'm still not hitting value here, I don't think. It's definitely, like, especially, again, at that price point, right, you're looking, like, if this becomes an, an, an absolute massacre, right, like, let's say Colorado puts up seven or eight, right? I mean, high well, chances anybody's going to hit yeah. value, right? Even if they just hit their average over the last two weeks, right, there's six, Right, it's like okay, well, he needs like I guess the like the odds are in your favor of one of those being one of his goals, but I don't know. It's hard to bet on a team scoring six times. It is right. It's not something that you'll see every day either. So I guess that kind of like puts it into a tough situation. But it's it's definitely good to see him, you know, producing. And I guess for. Colorado, what makes them so lethal is even though they're missing McKinnon, I guess it just frees up space for others, right? Yeah. And which is weird because you would think that with McKinnon in the lineup, that would be an issue. But now they got some 
or maybe teams just take their foot off the pedal that top line to say, you know what, maybe they're, you know, Renton moves to center and Renton is not a centerman, right? So you're giving him a huge responsibility as well, uh, right? McKinnon can play against uh, opposing teams' top players, right? Usually Kadri will have that matchup, but I mean, McKinnon can more than well, you know, hold his ground and whatnot. Um, but for whatever reason, it's, it's been working and I don't know if it's just teams saying, you know what, maybe let's see if we can, I don't know, maybe open up a little bit, a, a little bit more against Colorado and then that ends up backfiring them or if they're just maybe giving Kadri more respect, but I mean, that's not working. They're not slowing him down either. So I'm a little bit dumbfounded as to how Colorado just keeps filling the net. But from a DFS perspective, I am not complaining one bit. That's sign me up. Yeah, and I mean, I think the other relevant question that goes with this game as well is, in cash games, are you willing to chase a Darcy Kemper win? Uh, I mean, unlikely. It's very, like, it's very unlikely that I'll... I'll, I haven't played Darcy Kemper once uh, this year. I just, every, every slate, he seems to be really expensive and i'm just i feel like i'm not getting the expected value out of what i need for him like he he plays on a good team right and i think that's the problem is for colorado as well not only are they winning they're not giving up a ton of shots yeah right like Like they're they're keeping it very very reasonable and that also kind of hinders a little bit whereas you know camper's given up goals right but he's played a lot better right if he's keeping it under three and whatnot that's fine but you know if, if i'm paying a premium for him and on some slates you'll get him at 86 8700 i need like i i need you pushing i mean i, I need 30. you pushing close to 20 21 points right and it's hard to yeah. get that if you're not getting shot volume even if you get the win right because i mean i'm assuming he's not going to get a shutout and then saying okay well if you give up two and you're not getting shot shot right that shot volume it becomes really really hard to get it so i i know I, I guess for cash games fine you can ride the train and say okay well we get here and that's what we do but i mean i i haven't played him yet and i don't think i'll play him against ottawa i really don't think ottawa's going to come out at this game and do anything like i, I really think they could struggle yeah. and not put up 20 shots on goal they could almost get outrun, like completely outrun of the building here. They may get absolutely dominated from start to finish. The part of me says yes, maybe. Like he's probably worth a look at in a cash game. Like he's eighty three hundred. It's not crazy. He's stopped, you know, ninety. You know, he's got a nine twenty five save percentage or better in like five of his last six games. He's won five of his last six games. Um, so for cash, yeah, for cash game purposes, if he sees 25 shots and he lets in, but it's, you're probably okay as long as he doesn't hit three. The problem here and is that like, uh, and I had this conversation with somebody last week because they played Bennington against Arizona in a GPP. And it's like, never chase, right. never chase wins in GPPs, especially when like teams don't like against teams like Arizona, they don't shoot enough. Is that like you look at his game against Seattle, gets the win, right? Faces 28 shots, gives up three goals. He's good for 13 points. That's not going to get that for you. It's okay, a cash game. 
if the ownership level is high enough. But yeah, in a GPP, you're not. It's not going to get you there. The other thing that worries me is that like Ottawa is not a great team. I don't think I'm, that's you know no spoiler alert here. I'm shocked. We don't need to fire up the hot takes. Um, but they come up and play hard, right? Like even their first few games where they were like short players because of a COVID protocol. Like I think they won the first game and lost the next two, but they're all close games. Like they come up and play every night and they come at you pretty like fairly well. So like I expect to lose this game, but like it wouldn't be a surprise for me if this was more like, Four two or five three, which probably isn't good for you if you're a Darcy Kemper owner. Because um, yeah, I really don't think they get to that number either. I, I think they do. I think like they shoot a lot, like a lot of blind shots. Like they're, they're a team that'll just throw it on net and play for rebounds and stuff like that. So like, I don't see that being out of the realm. Like, I think they'll get 20 shots for sure. Like, I don't know who's in, who's out. I'd have to take a look at that a little bit closer. Um, and we probably won't even know that with any certainty till tomorrow. But, I mean, if they're at, like, it's been 10 days. They should have much of their lineup for that game tomorrow. So, you'd expect it shouldn't be that bad. I still think it's going to be tough per se i mean if i'm looking at it from let's say a betting perspective now uh their in regulation team total is set at you know over 1.5 which i think is you know that's generous there ot included they're a little bit different here over 2.5 um colorado city right minus 151 over 3.5 i think that's kind of fair even if you take them Right. Even if you try to take the puck line as well for Colorado, because they're like as of right now, they're a minus three twenty four favorite. So I think people are expecting this game to kind of go under, you know, go over here as well. They, they, the over is at six, which I think is quite hard to get just because I don't expect Ottawa to do anything. I yeah, don't expect them to be just dead ducks in the water, not not being able to contribute. And. Again, I just don't. I would. I, I just don't see how they're gonna get. Again, if this game was, let's say, this was Colorado traveling to Ottawa or something, like fine, maybe they can. But you know, looking at their like, what is their lineup gonna look like, right? Like, are all the players that are uh, in based supporting on, based on yeah, based on what TSN has right now, uh, the only players that may be out are Zaitsev and Bathurstum. Otherwise, they'll have the rest of their lineup. Just not a huge loss. Like I mean, huge loss per se. Patterson is, but yeah. yeah otherwise, I mean, you can get around it. It's nine days ago, so theoretically, Batherson could be available tomorrow. Some of that will depend on like probably what Colorado State protocols are, because there may be some things that play into that depending on where you're playing the game, I suppose. But if you said ten but, days, tomorrow would be the tenth day, uh, and right. he would theoretically be out. Again, it's not it's not terrible like i just don't i just don't see how a team a team that hasn't played in over a week traveling out west to altitude are gonna have like i i don't know how this team's gonna have any you know whatnot 
to, to be able to compete in the third period. Like this could be like they could start falling apart in the second at some point, and that third period ends up becoming a wash. And then they just get like they just get beaten on. Right? Like how much like have they even practiced? Like I don't even know what like I'm, I'm assuming yeah, that happened. Yeah. Yeah, right? you'd think they haven't. Uh yeah, I mean, I guess it would be tough, right? If you're dealing with a COVID outbreak, maybe maybe you want players to stay away from each other for a little bit. Kind well, of they like, have, hey, right? They, they would have to stay away from each other. Uh, I mean, you would assume, you know, players would be, you know, riding the bike, doing, trying to, when, when possible. Sure. Right? I mean, but riding the players. bike is not, right? Like, even practice doesn't simulate gameplay. Players sure. tell us this all, all, all the time, right? Practicing and playing are two different things. The intensity isn't the same in one. So I just don't, I, it, it could be a trap, but. On the outside, looking at just all the factors around it, I'm not I'm not expecting much from it. And if they do do something, kudos to them. Good for them. You know, shame on you, Colorado, for you know not stepping up. Right? That could be one of the things. Colorado may take them lightly and say, "Hey, this team's banged up. They haven't played hockey in a week. Dealing with this, they're in our barn now." And they may just lay an egg flat. Right? That could yeah. we could very well see it. I mean, maybe we don't even see Darcy Camper play. Right. As much as I'd like to take Ottawa plus like plus one point five, the line's not good enough for me to take that. No, bet. Nowhere near it because right? they're expecting not, it. Not to a be, plus one fifty. Yeah, they're expecting it to be an absolute blow, which again is fine. I think a lot of people are expecting it to be exactly what that is. Well, yeah, I mean Vegas actually, although they're pretty much guaranteeing the Colorado win, they're pretty much saying it'll be like a goal, like within a goal. Based on the line, right? Like, consider this: Ottawa plus a goal and a half is plus one fifteen. Pittsburgh against Winnipeg plus a goal and a half is minus two thirty-five. Yeah, right. Like, Colorado is only minus one thirty-five. That's the expectation that this is a close game. Like, you can get a better line somewhere else if you want to take a team to win by two goals. Right. It's. I don't think they expect it to be close. I don't blame them. It's no, that says bad. that they do expect it to be close, right? Like otherwise, they juice the line all the way out. They put it to like minus two hundred to get no one to bet on it. Right? I don't think it's going to be close. Minus one thirty-five says they expect this to be a close game. I don't. I expect it to be a blowout completely. Not even close. Fair enough, but. Just telling you what the lines say. Vegas is wrong sometimes. <laughs> I think. Every now and then. Every once in a while, you know, you just look at the line and you go, what? Wait, what? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, anyways, moving on. Uh, we also have one other interesting storyline that could be coming in tomorrow. And that is with Vegas at St. Louis that we may see a Max Pacioretty sighting. He skated with uh, before the game on Saturday that Vegas played. So it's possible he could be activated off the IR in time to play this game against St. Louis, which would be fun for DFS purposes. Uh, it'll be fun to see, you know, uh, I guess it's like what they see what Vegas does with their lines. Uh, because they've been playing Stevenson with um, Riley Smith and Jonathan Marshall and Nick Waugh with uh, Dadenoff and Stone. Uh, 
Um, so, you know, first thing, I guess we should also, you know, maybe pour one out for Evgeny Dadnoff because his value's sincerely done now. Thank God we can stop going down that train. <laughs> I'm more than happy to move off Evgeny to Donov and the. I mean, he's he's played well. I'll give him this. He's yeah. he's teetered with greatness at times. Like he was, like there were times he was sub three k on 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 on. Oh, he has been for was, a while. Yeah, yeah. Like he he teetered around there. There's a couple of games. He's in the last five games. He's hit the five plus shot bonus three times, which has now caused his price tag to be forty four hundred dollars. Which is now right. He's getting into the conversation where he has to contribute. Right, and I mean nine points in eighteen games isn't terrible, but like, I'm I'm not. I'd be happier if he was in the three K range. Like I I'd, I'd I'd live with that. Thirty nine hundred, I'd be like, okay, that's value. Forty one hundred, I'm like, eh, you know, not not it. So I'm happy that he we can, you know, we can plummet his value a little bit here. Kind of get that price tag going the other way. That'd be okay with me. I can live with that, um, with that understanding here. Even like even with. If Max Pacioretty plays, which changes nothing for me, uh, I'm going to have a ton of Vladimir Tarasenko as a single bullet. The man is just firing everything on goal. Um, right? He has he has 71 shots this season. Right? He's got 40 in the last 10 games. Uh, he is just he is smashing the puck on goal. He is doing it against Edmonton. He's doing it against Arizona. He's doing it against San Jose, and he's doing it against Dallas. So he's it's not like he's beating up on like the Arizona Coyotes nonstop, right? Like that's not happening. He's right. beating up on good teams. Dallas is a good team. I I sh- thought surely that St. Louis would be able to score more than two and a half goals against Dallas. Apparently I didn't get the memo that Jake Ottinger is now elite. So, um, but he's, he's, he's pounding the puck on goal and his price tag kind of just sits around where it needs to be. There was a point where he was kind of like, like it wasn't working and stuff. Yeah, he was scoring goals, but, you know, it wasn't really there. The shots weren't. So he was bouncing around the upper six, even hit 7K once. And he's, he, he's come back down a little bit. Now he's just floating there. But, I mean, shot volume, I think, is important. I still think that. Vegas might be missing some pieces, especially on the back end, right? Let's say Shea Theodore doesn't play, right? That's that's still a loss in my book, um, right? No Alec Martinez there, also a loss there. Robin Leonard has been good. Sure. He hasn't been great. Um, and then for Vegas, I mean, their bottom six is still not very good. <laughs> so they got a lot of, you know, bodies in that bottom six. Um, that are just trying to survive. And St. Louis has a pretty competitive top nine. When you look at it, you say, yeah, there's that they, they could easily outwork their opponents. Um, right. You got to kind of respect, I think Ryan O'Reilly, this game being what at home for them as well in St. Yeah. Louis. I think Ryan O'Reilly can more than, you know, handle that top line with Kyrou and Perron. And I think that frees up a lot of space for Tarasenko, Buchnevich and Thomas. And again, Tarasenko is just firing everything on goal right now. Everything is to the net. And at some point, like he hasn't been rewarded, though. In those games where he's finished, you know, with five or more uh, shots, he's got one goal. So he hasn't been rewarded yet, but the volume is there. And good players score goals when they shoot the puck on net. And I expect Tarasenko to be able to do that. 
And I think we can get him at low ownership, especially if Max Pacioretty does play, because I think people are going to think that this is, you know, Vegas is back to being Vegas, and I just don't think that's going to be the case. I think St. Louis is a better team than people want to maybe give them credit sometimes. Right? Defensively, they are what they are. And Jordan Binnington, depending on which one you get, you know, could be a hero, could be a dud. Yeah, Seattle's been, or Seattle, St. Louis has been really up and down, which makes them difficult to play. They're inconsistent. That is true. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Like, I think Tarasenko is a good play. You know, 24 shots in four games. All, like, only shooting, scoring on 4% of those shots means, you know, he's going to, that, that rate's going to start to take up at some point in time. He's bound to, like, get some positive, you know, some right. positive. Yeah, regression. you'll get some like, positive. He, he's going up. Yeah. And, like, you can play him with Rob Thomas for at 4k which is which is nice again thomas is shooting a little bit not really a goal scorer but uh at 4k i'll take that chance right um i mean especially like center once you hit typically you get much under like 6k and it's it's a wasteland so like getting somebody who's been playing well uh and is has good line mates Four K is, is great value. Um, so yeah, I mean that's th- that should be a good game nonetheless. Like I would expect, uh, especially if Patrick back, that should be a very competitive game. Certainly one that's worth watching. Um, you know, we look at you know maybe Anaheim Nashville. You know, suddenly uh, there's no love again for Troy Terry. His price is moving down. Uh, what is he down to? Fifty two hundred, I think. Fifty three hundred. He just like nobody loves Troy Terry. I don't know what this man has to do. He is falling just yeah, short of the shot bonus consistently, which is annoying um, because he's always just like one off. He has finished with four shots in three of the last five games, um, but he is just like he is. He is scoring goals. He's racking up points. He has seemed to have rejuvenated Ryan Getzlaff. Getzlaff is not like Getzlaff's going to be. He's going to finish the year with like three goals and like 55 assists. And it's going to be so annoying because, I mean, he doesn't shoot the puck enough. Every once in a while, he does something crazy where he gets like a shot bonus. And you're like, that's that's not reality. Right. Like, I don't believe that. But, I mean, Getzlaff is just there racking up assists. The problem is, is one assist. Even at $5,200, not enough to get you to where you need to be. And if he's not shooting the puck enough, it's still, even at his price tag, it's hard to get that. It's hard to hit consistent value. If he's getting two and three points, then fine, right? But I mean, am I banking on Ryan Getzlaff to, you know, put up three, you know, three plus points and two plus points? Not really. Yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you whose value is much better. And also is going to probably like be sending just random gifts to Troy Terry's house. Adam Henrique. Yeah. Who has points in four straight. He set the shot bonus twice or twice in his last five games. He had five shots against Carolina, seven shots at Vancouver. Um that's a value I'm getting I'm willing to take at forty six hundred. He was a guy that like he's like DraftKings had him up like mid sixes for a period of time. Um, so like, and I top line has just been so dominant. 
Which is weird because we thought like Trevor Zegers would be the guy to come in and do something. Yeah. And I mean, if I'm looking at Daily Faceoff here, they're anchoring him down with Nick Delorier for whatever reason. So like they're a team that I thought would be really, really bad. Like they'd have good goaltending, but they'd be bad. And well, you know, here they are. A, they're not bad, which is like that's that's mind boggling to me. Like we knew that the Pacific Division was bad. But they are like they are right there. Like I don't think anybody's gonna catch Calgary and Edmonton. At, at one point, they're just gonna take off, right? Like they're just gonna streak their way out of here, and that's it. But yeah. as bad as I thought this Pacific Division would be, like the Oilers are seven and three of their last ten. Anaheim is eight one and one, right? Vegas is seven and three. L.A. is seven two and one, and L.A. is on a three game losing streak. So. Like there's there's a lot happening right now in that Pacific Division. Too much for my liking, but there's just there's stuff happening here, and I I mean it's nice, right? If you're like me and you have a lot of Vegas gold, you know Vegas exposure in season long. Well, you know you get teams that are you know you get Jonathan Quick with a 1.88 goals against average, <laughs> and you're going, what is like what earth like what planet am I on right now? Why why is this happening? But there's Anaheim has played well here and they've gotten their top line has been dominant is the word. Not good. They've been dominant. They're like gets laugh. Like you said, Henry Troy Terry just keeps, like I said, pounding the puck here, right? You got Kevin Shattenkirk who's turned back the clock here. He's just doing whatever he needs to do. The rest of the boys on the back end are just, you know, existing and what, and, and that's fine, right? They don't have to be crazy good. They just have to be, Good. Solid. That's it. Yeah, yeah, just be solid, and you'll be fine. Uh, and John Gibson has played well. Shocked absolutely nobody. I think people thought that he would kind of, like, tail off, and that is not the case. And you can consistently get John Gibson for sub-7,500 on draft. Every single time. Every, I think once in the last, like, week or something, he topped, like, 7,900. This was against Vancouver as well, so yeah. everybody beats up on Vancouver. Um, yeah, he's still seventy three hundred tomorrow. He's seventy three hundred dollars, and I mean Nashville. Nashville just got spanked by the Habs. Like, it's that that team is so frustrating to watch because, I mean, Pittsburgh walks in and just beats them up, and then Nashville walks in and Montreal beats them up, and you're like, well, like what planet? Like what what's going on? Like are are you good or are you bad? Can we can we fix this right? And Despite what Matt Duchesne did, like that's just, you know, Montreal's falling apart at some point. But like Nashville is not really that good of a hockey team. Right? Like I'm not sitting here saying like that they're 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 okay. But if you look at in the central division, I mean the goal differential isn't negative. It's a negative one. It's not bad, but it's not great. Right? You're negative one. You're right. not <clears throat> scoring a ton of goals, right? I mean, you're beating you know, Dallas and you're beating the Blackhawks and I mean, the Coyotes don't score on anybody. So I just don't, I, I, I don't think they're very good. I'm not putting any stock into Nashville tomorrow and I would have no problem running John Gibson out there. And I mean, his good friend, Troy Terry. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be perfectly okay with like a Terry Henrique Shattenkirk stack like in a gpp game i think that's 
certainly something that can pay off. John Gibson, yeah, way too cheap against a team like Nashville. Um, I mean, goalies have been. I mean, get goalies are voodoo. Let's understand yeah, that there it is. before like, we get anywhere, right? Like, let's first and foremost, yeah. But the pricing of goalies this year, especially on DraftKings, has been really interesting to me, right? Like, you're gonna charge. It's going to be 8100 for Soros, but 7300 for Gibson. Right? Like, that just doesn't... Like, their own algorithm, right? When they show you, like... it's Yeah, it's really bad. Like, the the rank of the other team, it's, like, seventh. Like Anaheim's seventh. But, like, the algorithm doesn't believe it. They're like, yeah, no, they're not. But, like, when you yeah. look at the value here, it's like, you could go get Freddie Anderson... For 8K, okay, San Jose has scored, I think, two goals a game over the last two weeks, right? They're starting to struggle. I know it's 8K, but still, that's that's not a bad because Carolina should win that game, even on the road. You can get Bennington if you want against Vegas for 7,900. You can get Hellebuck against Pittsburgh for 7,800. Merzlikens against Buffalo for 7,700. Like, <laughs> then you get all the way down. Leonard's now 7,500 against St. Louis. You can take a shot on Reimer for 7,400, or you can take Gibson at 7,300. The only goalies that are cheaper than Anaheim tomorrow are Ottawa's. And no one's taking Ottawa tomorrow. You, you, like, we talked about that game at length, and I think this could yeah. be a close game, but I'm not taking Matt Murray. Phil Gustafson or Anton Forsberg, even at 7,100 or 6,900. No thanks. But John Gibson, 7,300? Yeah, okay. I think that's worth a shot in GPP. Yeah, and that, and that makes it Again, for Soros, I feel like that... Like, Anaheim doesn't really generate a ton of shots either. Like, they're not a crazy fire powerhouse shooting team. Nashville does a, like Nashville plays well defensively. I'll give them that. Right. And in a lot of their games, it's, you know, the shot totals are pretty low. Right. I mean, he didn't finish against Montreal, so we won't count that Toronto can shoot, but you know, Arizona, Dallas, Chicago, say what you want about them. You know, at one point they just need to fire everything. And even at his, discounted price on certain nights like it's it's hard for him to hit value so at like he's not hitting value sometimes at 7500 right in right. good matchups right Nashville, like i said doesn't really shoot the puck a ton more yeah well not actually they're among the least right like 25 yeah like so 26 the, a game the shot volume is not there and if he's not hitting value at 7500 well he's gonna have a really really difficult time doing it at 81 now so i just don't understand i mean i i maybe the algo thinks that anaheim is not good and that is clearly not the case they are a good hockey team and they could easily pummel the net right like well sorry uh i i gave you the wrong number so anaheim is averaging 32 shots a game so which is good you take yeah that's the well it's about league average like i think it's yeah. Look at, look at Anaheim's roster and go. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's not 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 discounting any of that, right? But like you think about Saros's value, it's like okay, well, uh, Anaheim's also scored almost four goals a game over the last over their last six. 
right? So if they hit their average in that period, which is four, well, you're done, right? Like even off 32 shots, you give up four goals and your value's zero. So why pay up for that, right? And like, there's a case to be made on the opposite side of this for like Gibson as well. Like, okay, Nashville's only shooting like 26 shots a game. Uh, but they're only scoring 2.67 goals. So like, okay, if he gives up three and only sees 25 shots, you know, you're not in a good place. You're probably going to approach negative value. Not that the seven shot difference makes that is, is huge here, but um, yeah, it's just like, I, I don't, I don't see that as a good play. But, uh, you know, if that's a, an avenue you want to go down, I suppose you're welcome to take it. Um, but, yeah, there's probably better goalies to chase than playing UC Saros tomorrow. That, that's for sure. And there's no reason to play them at that price tag. Like, it's not even like, oh, you know, the price tag is good. Let me try to, you know, let me try to convince myself that this is a good idea. The price tag is not even good. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like there's, second there's no, season. there's no reason for me to be like, hey, I, you know, I'll do this. This, this sounds like a good time. No, there's no reason at all. Yeah, but I want somebody well, to convince me why playing UC Saros is a good idea tomorrow. I want somebody to be like, hey, here is my <laughs> evidence, and I'll be like, fine, state your case. Go ahead, do so. Yeah. But that just seems how goalies have been priced this season. Like, the price, I think, based on, I think, the algorithm saying, like, these are the teams that are going to win. So we'll just push it all up, and you end up getting, like, great values for, like, well under 8K, which is great. I mean, I'm not complaining about it necessarily. Um, it's just added a, added a wrinkle in. So take advantage of that while you can, or at least try to, because, you know, goalies are voodoo, and who knows exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, like, we have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, I'm I'm excited for Saros to put up a 50 saves shutout tomorrow, just because. <laughs> yeah, just because. Right. Yeah, he, he's going to listen to this and be like, you know what, I'm going to show them. And he's just going to yeah. walk out and stone everybody, and that's it. Fair enough. Um, other games, I mean, we mentioned Carolina at San Jose. Uh that could be a fun one for Carolina, I think. Right? Like, it's hard to bet against Carolina. They're 14 and 2, or plus 24, 8 and 1 on the road. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard, yeah. Kind of. I don't, yeah. don't want to bet against Carolina. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to bet against the rejuvenated Freddie Anderson, you know, leaving, leaving Toronto has seemed to have done wonders for his uh, career this season. So, um, I don't want to do that um, at all. I, I don't want to um, bet against him. He has been lights out this season. And even though, like, he struggled, like, he struggled today against LA, which I guess is fine. LA still put up 43 shots on goals. I don't know what Carolina was doing. Um, this is a back to back game for them. Oh, so uh, this yeah, is their third game. In yeah, this is their third game in four. Uh, what is it coming? Oh, sorry. No, they didn't play. No, they didn't play today. Sorry. They, they played Saturday. My bad. Um, three games in five days. Not not terrible, but um, they may be a little short for legs here. I think Freddie Anderson would probably be a good play here, um, even at the AK range against San Jose. San Jose just looked, they looked really, really bad 
Saturday, like horrendously bad. Um, so yeah. I, I don't think they like I, I know they're a bad team. I just I think maybe they can, you know, get her up a little bit more, and you know, pretend like they care. Um, sometimes that that would be kind of cool if they could uh, muster up the energy to at least show up and put some shots on goal. Cause I mean, they didn't even, they didn't even test Ilya Samsonov. I mean, what Washington walked in and scored a couple and that was it. That game was over relatively quickly. So I would have a problem there with Carolina kind of going on with them and whatever they need. And again, they're so deep as well up front. There's, I mean, there's no, shortage of options here my favorite is probably going to be Seth Jarvis I mean the kid is just like, he's got four goals in nine you know nine games which is pretty good for a rookie um yeah. he did have six shots against Anaheim which I don't think he's going to do very often but it's nice to know that he can get there and he's skating on the top line with Aho and Shvestikov so that's like there's a lot of good things to like there his price tag has finally gone above, uh, you know, 3K at 3,300. So I still think that's good value for him. I mean, he's on, he scored, you know, goals in his last three games. Why not? If he can, the only, even if he picks up an assist and gets a couple of shots at that price, he's, you know, he does more than enough to hit value. So, yeah. Chase that. Uh, the only concern here, which is, and this is going to sound silly, but because Carolina has so much forward depth, is that uh, it's possible, although unlikely, that Jarvis gets sent back to uh, CHL tomorrow. He could. Because it's his 10th game, so they have to make a decision on him before the game. Um, I think he sticks around. The only reason I think he sticks around is be because... Well, I mean, let's put it this way. The, the Jesperi Kotkaniemi experiment on the top line has not worked, right? <laughs> so he's skating on the fourth line here. Uh, that's a lot of money on the fourth line. But again, neither here nor there for that. Um, they they have, like, their lines are pretty pretty even everywhere, right? And I think if you let, like, if you let him run a little bit, long, like, you have to decide at some point what you want to do with him. Yes. But they don't have anybody that's injured. So they're not waiting on somebody to, take that spot i guess they're trying to find out on the right side you know who's going to take that spot they could move you know turbo up there but i think that second line of him trochek and Nietzsche's is a good line right nino niederreiter and jesper fost are you know third line wingers jordan stall plays the position correctly and i mean we don't have to go back to the jordan martinook on the top line thing and it's definitely not Derek Stepan. so that there's a spot somewhere there, whether they want to move Nietzsche's up. And even if Jarvis played on that second line, that's still really good. I don't want him to get buried somewhere in the bottom six. And at that point, I think Carolina doesn't want to either. They'll just, like I said, send him back to the CHL, let him tear up that league and have a bit of fun. Um, but for now, he's done everything that he's needed to do to at least continue to be in the NHL. Right, like he's even got five hits. He's got some block shots. Like he's he's doing some things. He's doing things that you like to see from young players. And we know yeah. that he can. Like we know he can score goals. Right. Like we know that. Um, there's a lot here. He is 19. At some point, he's going to struggle. Like you know he is. The question is, is do you want to live with those struggles? Right. 
And w- if you do decide to live with those struggles, is it going to hurt him long term? Right. Like, do you want to burn that want that first year? Right. And then, I don't know, still send him back. I don't know, midway through the year if he's really, really struggling. Right. Like, that's the conversation to have here. But is, you know, can the Carolina Hurricanes compete for a Stanley Cup today? Yeah, probably they could. Yeah. So that's yeah, the conversation that they also have to have. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it'd be, I think it'd be really hard to send a kid down when he scored goals in three straight games. And be like, all right, thanks, pal. Like, head on back to wherever it was. You I don't think it's hard. I, I think the selling point is saying, hey, this is like, it's hockey's a business, right? Remember that, you know, that <laughs> well, sentence, right? I'm, That's what they'll throw and yeah, say, hey, yeah. hockey's a business. You know, this is what we need to do. This is what we're trying to do. And, and whatnot, but I agree with you. It'd be really, really hard to convince you know to convince me that you don't keep him in the NHL when your team is as competitive as they are. Right? You don't have a first round pick. You don't have a third round pick. You got, you know, you have some pending UFAs. As yeah. like the roster is pretty set. You know, as of 2022-2023, they got some pending UFAs and whatnot. Cockney is going to need some like they got some things they got to figure out. Their back end also kind of may change a little bit. They also got some RFAs and UFAs um, that they have to deal with here. So to me, I I would like to see him stay in the NHL, but I'm also, you know, like I'm greedy, but that's what I want, right? I want yeah. to see this kid in the NHL. I, you know, I think he's good. And I think he can definitely, he can definitely hold his own on that top line. If they want to play him there with Aho and Smeshikov, that volume is good for him. And to see him taking as many shots as he does, considering who he's playing with, that's also a good sign, right? Like sometimes kids, I guess, maybe get a little bit nervous. They're trying to, you know, pass the puck off a little bit more, extra pass when you don't need it. Like he's come out and he's fired the puck on goal, which is beautiful, right? That's what I want to see him do. And again, he's going to struggle at some point. It's going to happen. Normal. We can live with this, right? It's not the end of the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that tomorrow. Uh, I agree. He's been. I mean, I think he's still probably way too cheap. Uh, let's take a look here. He's, he's thirty three hundred again. Yeah. It's too. It's too cheap for a player. He's seeing second power play minutes as well. We should, again, the second power play unit to me doesn't mean nothing, but he's still there. He's still seeing something, right? So, I mean, the volume is there. And yeah. if he's going to get it, well, then, you know, leave him there. He's playing over 15 minutes a night as well, which is good ice time for him right doesn't play the penalty kill i'm sure there's times where he's you know like i say he doesn't see top power play minutes so if the top unit is out there a minute and a half he's, you know he's not seeing much there but he's he's doing enough you know to be in the lineup every night so again it's up to carolina to decide if they want to burn one year and maybe win a stanley cup or if they want to send him back because they don't want to and you know they don't have any cap room, right? So they have no cap right. space. Uh, so it's not like they're going out to acquire somebody, right? Um, as of, right, their current cap space as the season moves on, right, is what? They got about 1.7. So we'll see 
how creative Don Waddell gets at that point, but I don't think Carolina's going to make a ton of moves during the year. Their their roster up front is A, healthy, and B, good. So they've done their yep. part here. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, so uh, other the only other game tomorrow, Pittsburgh at Winnipeg. Um, I mean, you mentioned about uh, Kyle Connor shooting like crazy. Uh, Pittsburgh is seemingly gone straight downhill as well. So I'm not sure what to expect of this game. Um, I'm just going to play Kyle Connor as a single bullet, and that's it. <laughs> I'm just, it's like that's that's how I start building my lineup. I put Ratton in, I put Connor in, and then I start to look for some value around players that are going to hit value for me, and that's it. Right. Some people may move off Kyle Connor because he only had two shots on goal last game. Beautiful. I'm going to wait for the prize picks to have Kyle Connor's over under in shots. I like three and a half or four and then smash away at it and say, yeah, not a problem. Here we go. Sign me up. Like he had 19 shots in two games against Edmonton. I understand Edmonton is not, you know, they're not defensive specialists, but I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl kind of hog the puck a lot. Right. And on the 18th of November, he played 24 minutes. And he's a forward. Like, he is, yeah. he has played over 20 minutes in the last four games. Like, he's seeing more ice time as a forward than some defensemen see playing regularly. So, uh, that volume of ice with, right, penciled together with the sh- just... I mean, he is just on a whole other planet shot-wise right now. Like, he's in the Ovechkin category where you just, you know Ovi's going to shoot the puck a million times. And even Ovi at times is kind of like, you know, slowed down here and there, right? This game is at home as well, right? He's got eight goals in nine games at home. He shoots the puck a little bit more at home as well, which is normal, right? The matchup is better. Point-wise, it's the same, but... You know, he scores more goals at home, which is something that I like. And I need Kyle Connor to score goals because at $7,800, that's what we're paying you to do. So I just think that maybe if it scares a couple of people because of his two-shot performance, not a problem. I will definitely take Kyle Connor at a discount. Sign me right up. Yeah. Looking at Winnipeg, because they've really shuffled their lines this year. So, like, they used to do, like, two top-heavy lines. Now they pushed it out to to be three. I don't care about um, the rest of their lineup. Well, I mean, Dubois has been pretty productive uh, playing with Connor. Uh, so I don't mind that. And it, I guess if you're looking at this and saying, like, hey, I think Winnipeg can score a bunch of goals, it's like you could skip out on paying – you know, uh, paying the 6K on Dubois or 60, more than 6K. Uh, if you want, if you're like, yeah, you know what? I think it's going to be Shifley. Uh, I mean, he's got, you know, three points in his last three games starting to turn some things around there. Uh, but like the third wingers on both their top two lines, 4,900 on Andrew Kopp, 4,700 on Blake Wheeler are interesting if you want to play like the low owned matchup piece and say like, Hey, I think I can like cash in on this while they're, while they're cheap. Uh, um, it's a little bit more risky. Certainly you're not going to want to do it in cash games, but I mean like Andrew cops got 
four points in his last five games. Uh, six shots, set like 13 shots in his last two games. So I don't mind taking a shot on with somebody like Andrew Cobb at, at that price, like 4,900 for that kind of production, That those number of shots. I, I can live with that. Uh, and then whether you want to match him with, you know, whether it be Shifley or, or Ehlers uh, is, is up to you at that point. But uh, I think there are some interesting stacks here for Winnipeg. Um, Pittsburgh, I don't know. I think it's top line or bust, like Jeff Carter shoots, but uh, I don't expect we're going to see prolonged production out of somebody like Jeff Carter. Uh, the minutes are largely going to start to disappear with Crosby back. Um, so, like, he's kind of somebody that's be growing to be less and less interesting over time. I mean... I'm just going to try to get Nikolai Ehlers in there as well. Nikolai Ehlers firing the puck a ton. I'm going to try to stack their power play. I don't care about who they're playing with. I don't really have an interest in wanting to play Shifley. I just don't think the shot volume is there. I'm not really buying Pierre-Luc Dubois yet. I want to see maybe a little bit more before I start getting on that horse. I understand Nikolai Ehlers is up there. The price tag is inflated a little bit. Fine, but he's shooting the puck and he's scoring goals, and those are two things that I like that he's doing. He's also playing, I mean, close to 20 minutes a night. So they are very top heavy. Those those top two lines are on the ice a lot. So I am going to very much get behind that and just try to ride it out. I mean, yeah, I, fair I, enough. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it if I'm trying to fit Rantanen, Ehlers, and Connor into one lineup. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Maybe I have to not play Miko Randon, sad face, and play Nazem Kadri instead, which not terrible, but it is what it is. Maybe I have to, you know, consider playing Ryan Getzlaff at some point, or maybe I have to play Zegris and hope that there's some outside correlation to it. Well, hey, I mean, like, Zegris does have, like, two two-goal games in his last three games. Like you'd probably do a whole lot worse than that. I was I was um, able to put together a lineup quickly here on DraftKings. It doesn't have Rantanen in it, but I mean the trade-off is what it is. This I put together Kadri, Zegers, Ehlers, Connor, uh, Jarvis, uh, Gerard, uh, Morrissey, Gibson, and Terry with two hundred left. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think John Gibson is the real key. Like he will let you on his own, basically. Like. He'll he'll let you do. I I've got a lineup here right now with Renton and Ehlers and Connor in it, uh, and the cash is gonna work without too much trouble. I don't think here, because uh, you're gonna save up on defense. Yeah, you're gonna end up taking some. You're gonna probably have to use either Thomas or or Zegras in that other center spot. But uh, let's see here. Wait, am I a fan of using Sam Gerard? No. Do I want to? No. Is he in a good spot tomorrow? Yes. Yes. Right. I mean, I liked his price tag more when he was $2,900 at the beginning of the month. Right. That is not the case anymore. Right. He is, his price tag has just fluctuated everywhere. Like he's been as high as 46 to start the year and as low as 29. And now he's 41. And, <laughs> I mean, he's just like, he's not like, I need him to start doing a little bit of something. Right. He had one big game against San Jose where he finished with like four points. 
at five shots, two blocks, and then you know his price tag started to increase from there. He didn't do much against Vancouver, didn't do much against Seattle, but his price tag is still up there. But again, lower down. I mean, there's not there's not a ton that I like outside of that. Maybe you can have a conversation about Jamie Drysdale. He he blocked four shots against Carolina, which is not something you expect of him. Um, but again, the shot volume is just not there. I'm not counting on him to block shots um, because previous to that game, right, uh, he had totaled four block shots in five games. So I'm not, again, not expecting right. him to go out here and start blocking everything. Um, but an- another player whose price tag has just continued to plummet to the bottom here. Uh, and for good reason, he's just not putting up any points. So unfortunately, right. yeah. Weak defense, it is what it is. You live with it. You chase the block shots. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got Rantanen, Rob Thomas, uh, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Martin Meeches, Justin Falk, Braden McNabb, John Gibson, and Cole Sillinger. Okay. That lineup. I just wanted to play Troy Terry. Like, I just... I want to get on, uh, continue <laughs> to enjoy the the goal scoring production that he gives me. So, I could yeah, I feel like from him. I, I feel like I could probably like I, I'll probably do a second lineup somewhere uh, and use the the Terry Henrique stack because I uh, yeah because uh, I think it's going to let you get. I mean, I think you'll probably be able to do Connor healers in that one as well. Uh, and then maybe move off Ranton and do something different there. Um, probably get a better, you know, make some, some different upgrades, but uh, it's, I mean, when you're getting John Gibson for free, um, it makes getting three, probably the yeah. three most expensive players into your lineup, not as difficult as it probably should be. Like it's, because like I can justify every player in my lineup with that. Well, Cylinder was the best guy left. He was he's in my utility spot. But like McNabb has been pretty steadily blocking shots. And Cylinder's not a bad play too. I mean, they get Buffalo yeah. on a back to back. Who I mean, they got not not crushed. They got soul crushed today, uh, giving up a goal at like 0.4 seconds left. They got absolutely like their soul just sitting at the bottom of a. I don't know, a beer right now. That was a tough way to lose. Um, Cylinders had a you know a little bit of a tough go last two games, which is fine. Again, young kid, you know, we're going to have ups and downs here, right? We're not expecting him to just come out here and tear up the NHL. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think that's a bad play. I think Buffalo's just kind of a weird team. Like, like, like are, are you good or are you bad? They started the year off on a tear. Yeah. Now they've lost eight out of the last 10. Um, well, they're bad. I think we always knew they were bad. They're a bad right? team, yes. The shine's wearing off, and it's you're kind of back to like, okay, this is who we thought you were. Correct. Got it. They're 2-7-1 and one in the last 10, so they are very, you know, they're back to being Buffalo, which is nice. Uh, it's nice yeah. to see them uh, continuing to be uh, the team that we thought they would be here. And I'd certainly... Like the Arizona Coyotes are thankful for having less competition for that the worst. Correct. Record. I also find it wild just looking at it here. The right, the Buffalo State was given up fifty four. 
Wells, right? They got three games in hands here on, on Montreal here. Montreal is the team that has given up the most goals this season. They have given up 70 uh, goals. I understand that, you know, the Arizona Coyotes have two more games to play here, uh, but Arizona has given up 68. So at some point they'll, they'll pass here. Um, you know, the Canucks got shut out one, nothing here tonight. So they got the same amount. Uh, I mean, Seattle's just, Seattle's a bad team here, but it's kind of, kind of wild to watch this half scene just absolutely flounder in just <laughs> disbelief. It's, it's really tough. And yet here was, you know, here was Nashville being unable to score for the better part of two periods until Matt Duchesne woke up and said, I'll take over from here, boys. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Well, um, on that note, we should probably get out of here. Um, so, uh, any, any parting thoughts here with, uh, with that six game slate tomorrow? Uh, no, I'm ex- like I'm ready to be disappointed by John Gibson. I hope not, though, because I haven't been season long as well. So it'd be kind of nice for my season long goalie and my DFS goalie to perform uh, well on the same night. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, that doesn't happen uh, very often. But continue to chase value, right? Value is key. Value is king. And uh, hey, maybe maybe we'll win some money. Absolutely. Also, never forget goalies are voodoo. Hundred percent. Ever forget it. Anyways, have a great week, everybody. 